Hey friends, Pastor Brandon here, and we are so excited that you logged on to stream our sermon content here at Community Covenant Church. We pray that it is uh, helpful, enjoyable, and that will help you grow into all that God has created you to be. We have other ways that we help you grow here. And first, that is through our gatherings on the weekend. Um, and it's also in groups as we gather together as the church uh, beyond the weekend. Um, and we are applying this sermon content and the gospel to our lives. And and then lastly, through mission opportunities, both serving inside and outside the local uh, church. And so what we pray is that this sermon content uh, is in no way replacing a meaningful relationship between you and a local church, whether that's our church or another one in our area. Uh, we just would pray that this is supplemental to you and not a replacement of a meaningful engagement with a local church. And so just praying uh, for you as you continue to grow and pray that God continues to uh, help you connect to a group of people that love you and know you. Blessings. Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to do a live Q&A today. So if you're first time, this is like, wow, really? Okay, interesting. Um, where you've been here for weeks and weeks. Um, this is the phone number um, that you can just, so pull out your cell phones. You're not going to get in trouble, I promise you. Pull out the cell phones, right? And as we continue, we're going to have a, uh, we're gonna just, just text this number, the question. And uh, there's no form or anything to fill out, but just text your number a question um, and it's really no holds barred, like just, no, just nothing, nothing's off limits. Um, you know, obviously we're not going to throw divisive questions up on the screen because that's awkward. Uh, we're not going to do that, but we're just going to have a live Q&A just about anything just theological or even church-wide or all that sort of stuff, and we're just going to have a conversation today. Does that sound like a fun idea? No? Okay. Are we okay? Are we awake today? We're going to say that everyone's like, everyone's seen all those kids and excited about that, right? Uh, it's cool to be able to see that. Hey, so while you are texting in your questions, I just want to give you a couple updates. Um, first, um, over the summer, we did a couple mission giving opportunities for you. Uh, one was to, build, to start the building of a school in Liberia, and one was also to love on teachers in the, in the Baldwin Elementary School in Pawtucket. You guys raised $27,000 over, um, over the last three months. $27,000, so $25,000 went to uh, Richard at, uh, over, at, uh, over uh, for, the, for Lighthouse Gospel Ministries to start this new uh, tech school to help students uh, get trained and have jobs when they, when they are able to, um, and then also a couple thousand dollars to love on teachers in Baldwin Elementary School, so we gave them all sorts of stuff from paper towels to crayons and uh, everything in between. So it's really awesome to do that. Um, also, uh, next, uh, next week or next couple weeks, our community groups uh, start up. And so we not only have home groups, but we also have some curriculum-based life groups as well. Um, and so if you are new to the faith, you're looking to have some questions answered, uh, our starting point uh, environment would be really excellent for you just to have a brand new start to answer some major questions uh, that you might have. 
Um, also, there's divorce care. So if you just know anyone that's just on the brink of divorce or, or maybe just has gone through one in the past, and we just want to know, let them know that God cares for them even in the midst of that um, and that he can meet them there. And we want to help marriages and help people take those next steps. So if you're in that, in that, uh, you know, that stage of life, I uh, mean, we'd just love to ha- you know, have you register for that. Also, uh, for moms, if you have any moms in here, right? young kids, moms, you know, every month we have an environment for you to hang out with the other mom- moms, of the- moms of the church. That's a New England accent, if you've ever heard it, yeah? Moms of the church, like marmalades, like crazy. Anyway, uh, I can already tell what type of morning this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> moms of the church, you can hang out with moms of the church once a month. We're doing that on Thursday mornings, so... Uh, definitely plan on doing that. I don't, again, uh, some time of separation is, is important, maybe some time of, but isolation is never, uh, it's, that's a tool of the enemy. Uh, to be isolated from people is not something that we're set up well for. And uh, God created you to be connected to people. And so we want you to find a group. Uh, we're going to start the, we're starting them in a couple weeks, and so it'd be a perfect time for you to register today out at the Connection Center, um, and uh, we'll make sure we're, we're pursuing that together. Amen? Good? All right, I'm just trying to stall because I'm nervous and uh, it'd be, be crazy. But my wife is running the questions um, up top, um, so uh, she'll be up there and you just can tell how this is going to go, right? <laughs> Already. Um, she is, uh, she, I would have no one else running the questions for me. Um, she is the, the best at that. So anyway, actually, I'm going to move this uh, TV up a little bit while we do that. So I can sit closer. All right, cool. Are we good? You guys are as interested as I am about what's going to show up on that screen, aren't you? All right, question number one, live Q&A, 2018. Or not. That's why we're just going to... What is your favorite movie? Oh, that's cute. Um, (laughs) What is my favorite movie? Um, You know, I I love watching all sorts of... Let me give you my, my movie discipline that I do. Um, and it's, uh, I actually, what, every, every year that the Oscars come out, I, I watch all of the ones that are, ra- are, are, uh, that, that are going to be, no- that have been nominated for Best Picture, uh, just because I like to see what, what, you know, what is the, some of the biggest ones. And some of them I don't watch because they get a little raunchy or whatever. Uh, but I, I don't know, overall, I, I keep going back to this movie over and over again. It's kind of like, I would, you would not think that this would be my favorite, but it's the only one I can think of whenever I'm asked about this question is Cinderella Man. Did you ever, you ever watch Cinderella Man? I just feel like that was like the perfect picture of the integrity of a man. And so I just, I love watching that movie. I cry every time. Um, and then I secretly want to be Russell Crowe and I secretly want to be a boxer at the same time. And I'm just not any of those things. Um, so maybe that's why I love Cinderella Man as much as I do. All right, cool. Question number two. I'm going to try to go quicker. Last year I spent a lot of time on them and uh, we took forever. So. What's your favorite thing about your wife? Yeah, this, <laughs> yes. Uh, that's good. It's good. Yeah. Just continue on that one as you go. Uh, I love my wife um, in general because my wife, I, you know, I really love that my, li- my wife loves Jesus more than me um, because she needs that. <laughs> so <laughs> she needs that too. No, but I, you know, we love Connie. I think, you know, you know Connie, if you know Connie, you know that she's 100% cooler than I am. And uh, you're just much more interested. It would be much be- more beneficial for you to know her and hang out with her than it would be, ever be for me. Um, so just, uh, go for, just go for that. But I love that she loves Jesus as much as she does. So. Love you, babe. 
All right, do you feel the reliance on medication or alcohol to take the edge off? Whoa, okay, well, we're diving in here, okay. <laughs> do, you, do you feel the reliance on medication or alcohol to take the edge off is a form of mistrust in God's plan to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future? Okay, so there's a couple things about this question. I'm going to try to get through it real quick. Um, all right, so Je- Jeremiah 29.11 is the back part of that verse, and I don't often use that as a, tr- as a, as a promise um, that we give to everybody. That was a very specific contextual thing that, that God spoke to the Israelites, and so you really have to dive into the background of Jeremiah 29.11 to really begin to engage that. Um, but that's a completely different, that's like a sermon worth of information. First, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, too. I, I'm a proponent for, uh, for medication to help. Um, I'm not going to stand up here ever and say, you should trust Jesus and, and not worry about any of that stuff. I think it's very wise because uh, there's a thing called common grace. God, if you believe God created everything, then he's, he's working in everything. And uh, if you need to take medication in order to begin working on whatever you need to be working on, I'm, uh, I've been a proponent for that for years. There's nothing about that in the Bible um, that says you shouldn't do that. Um, and then if you talk to a lot of wise counselors, um, we have a bunch of them that we're connected to in a network, uh, they'll say the same thing. And so I'm really good on that. I would not recommend that for alcohol, though. Um, and I would not tell you to ever take the edge off by using uh, an addictive substance like alcohol. Um, uh, when you notice, uh, I, I've done that, I've, I've, I just have, I've had that in the past before. Um, I had a lot of interaction with uh, people in AA um, and any sort of, uh, just people in recovery, and they tell you the same thing. Um, alcohol is not that type of thing. If you have to get buzzed to get by, um, then you need to figure out why. So, that just came out of my mouth like a rap artist. Someone, someone put that on Facebook. Someone put that on Facebook. Someone put that on Facebook. That, or write that down. That, that was solid right there. I don't know. If you have to get buzzed to get by, figure out why. That's it. Yeah, I, don't, I, I would just not use alcohol for that. Uh, medication, you use wise counsel. Do it underneath the supervision of someone that cares about you, loves about you, and is professionally trained to maintain that for you because that's really what can get you down a rabbit trail. Uh, but alcohol um, is not that thing for you. And uh, I think, you know, if you love drinking a good craft brew and hanging out with the, with the dudes and visiting breweries or whatever and trying that sort of thing, that's on you. The Bible does not say that that abstinence is necessary, but drunkenness is. Um, drunkenness is a sin. And if you're using that to, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're using alcohol uh, to take the edge off, um, then you're not dealing with whatever it is um, that you are. And I would say that's the first step to, if you're not already, that's probably the first step to alcohol, uh, being an alcoholic. And uh, if you talk to anyone in recovery, they'd probably say the same thing. So, all right, uh, that was quick, but here we go. With everyone's schedule so busy, how do you intentionally carve out time to guide and direct your children and the Lord each day? I yell at them often. <laughs> uh, no, you know, we make moments, of just, uh, we, we make moments um, as we go throughout the day. Um, some people, uh, the, this is just how we do it. Uh, Parenting is one of those things. Everyone's got a way to parent, right? So this is just how we do it. Uh, we, we don't let things go in the moment. Like, we don't, we don't yell at our kids in public, but we'll teach them immediately. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter six says to, to you know to as you as you sit as you eat uh, do all the, you know teach them the, the ways of the Lord, and so dinner time 
Um, dinner time's got to be a question, you know, asking a question that just is a good conversational topic. Bedtime. Um, and this is, I would say dad's in here, um, or moms and dads. Don't send your kids to bed. Put your kids to bed. And if you, can, if you can lay down and just curl up with your little ones and just ask them what the Lord's doing in their heart, you know, um, just, it's awkward <laughs> initially because they're like, what are you talking about, right? Like, what the Lord's doing in my heart? Like, what do you think about God? Do you think about God? You know, and just ask little questions out of their little hearts and they, it's a, you'll be surprised what comes out. Jaden's often asked me, like, when he was like six or seven, he was like, hey, what do you mean by the Holy Spirit? And I was like, well, way to dive in, dude. Like, at six... Um, but I, there, there, there's stuff that's happening in them, and uh, and so I've often, uh, yeah, I've often worked um, in that way. So, put, you know, put your kids to bed. Don't send them to bed. Dinner time. Car rides. Car rides are awesome. You know, Spotify has a really great access to other churches that have awesome kids music. Uh, they're singing about the things of the Lord. Um, but then also, every once in a while we throw a Coldplay song on. Come on, because what? Or you too, right? So, um, it's it's good for that. But those are the things that we do. So little, little moments. Use the moments that you already have. Uh, you'll be surprised how many minutes you have. What Bible verse do you find yourself clinging to in this season? Isaiah chapter uh, 59 is, uh, or Isaiah 61, and like, my Bible was already bookmarked there. This is the one um, that is, I'm clinging to and I'm claiming not only just for me, but for our church. Uh, but this is, I've been reading this for the last nine months. And I, Isaiah 61 once says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger uh, against his enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give you a crown of beauty for your ashes. This is for someone in here today, okay? He will give you a crown of beauty for your ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will be, that's, an, that's a weird verse, but that's old Israeli language. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double, a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. And so I just believe that. Um, it's been a verse that I often think about. But specifically this is, you will have a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they'll be like great oaks of righteousness. I think that's good news for the church. Yeah, I can't get through that. that just great oaks of righteousness. We can be a picture of great oaks of righteousness. All right. How would you compare a church like this to the Catholic Church? Um, great question. Um, so uh, Catholics, they have some uh, Catholic, the Catholic uh, faith has some sh- uh, close-handed uh, issues uh, in religion, uh, clo- close-handed doctrine uh, that we would share. They believe that Jesus is Lord. They believe he died and resurrected. Um, uh, but they have some, they have some other uh, pieces of doctrine that they would put in their close hand that we wouldn't. 
um, specifically around uh, the Eucharist and uh, the Mother Mary and all those sorts of things. So doctrinally, um, we have some pretty big splits uh, from the Catholic faith. And in practice, we have some, uh, some, some big splits from the Catholic faith. Um, uh, when we, in, Catholic, in uh, the idea of uh, Catholicism, um, if you look into, a, if you look at, a, if you go into a, the, the, the sanctuary of a, of a parish, a Catholic parish, right in the center of the room is what? The altar, right. What's on the altar? Yeah, the crucifix, and that's where the priest will serve the, the Eucharist, right? Um, in 1500, when, when Martin Luther, in the 1500s, when Martin Luther um, uh, you know, nailed the 95 Theses, what was the one thing he did what, that he shifted all of, he shifted most of, of uh, ecclesiology and church philosophy with one move? What did he do? Direct access to the Lord, uh, but he put the pulpit in the center of the room, right? And so the Eucharist um, is now something you celebrate uh, uh, and there's obviously there's theological uh, belief that is changing there, but the biggest change was that we're all the priesthood of the priesthood of all believers. Um, we celebrate communion uh, in remembrance of. It's not uh, it doesn't it doesn't have a transformation. Um, it's you know it's a it's a it's a different um, theological foundation uh, when it comes to remembering. And then also the the the, the scriptures the scriptures are where we get life and, and faith and. Um, and that's where we, uh, we engage in. So that was the one big move, uh, that one big, big change. And then the five solas, if you're interested in studying uh, sola scriptura, sola, you know, if, uh, I can't, I don't, I'm not a Latin guy, but all the solas, if you want to do some more research on that, that really changed the, the life of the Protestant church uh, with Martin Luther. All right, next question. My child is a teenager, has been questioning faith. What is the best way as a parent that I can educate and direct them? Love them. Love them. Um, all of our kids, if you were, do you remember being 20? Like, we were a hot mess at 20 years old, weren't we? Like, remember 15? Like, it was a, we were a mess, right? Just our brains are changing, going through all sorts of stuff. And sometimes you just got to let, you got to let everything fall. In our anxiety as parents, because we love our children, don't we? Our, our, in our anxiety, we have a desire to, constrict, and you might get angry about certain things that you really shouldn't be getting angry for, and specifically about faith. They're going to question their faith. You want them to, because on the other side of that, they own it. It's not your faith anymore that they, sh- that they show up in church, and they kind of are, t- you know, Shannon comes to church right now because I wake him up and tell him there's a donut coming to church, right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. We believe, we believe the Lord is, is working in that little dude's heart. He shows up. He says the craziest things that it just blows our mind, like the, just in terms of this sort of work. Jaden is, you know, Jaden's 13 too. He's working through all that. I think the best thing you can do as a parent is love them through that. When your, kid is, when your kid's 20, 21, it's going to be even worse. Good. Talk to someone who's, who's going through that phase, right? Uh, they will, they're always exploring, always engaging. Um, uh, two, I, I, I preached a sermon a few weeks ago on parenting, and one of the most, like the wisest things that we've, one of the, the, the it grabbed the most wisdom out of us, uh, for us, was the stages. And so, you know, zero to, zero to three is, you know, discipline, and then you're uh, three to 12, you're training, and then 12 to 18, we're coaching. 
and when you try to train or discipline at 13 to 18, how does that work out? Not so hot, right? Like, and so the idea that they're moving into coaching where, where you're literally letting them live life and you're the wise sage now engaging with that. And I, I promise that they'll appreciate that more uh, when you do that. And that's just uh, because I was one and my dad's here somewhere and you can ask him and he, uh, and he, 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 he practiced that so well. Um, I often see, you know, he, they, never, they never force fed me anything, but they really just, you know, prepared the food. Um, and, and, and it worked uh, well for us as kids. Um, but then also, uh, when you just, you know, when, when I'm watching, you know, my kids go through it, I just, gosh, sometimes you want to wring their necks, don't you? Like, you just be, let's be real. But at the same time, man, they're just going through life. They're, they're growing up. And so you got to love them no matter what. And if they don't believe, treat it like, you would never yell at someone who doesn't believe in Jesus that you don't know, right? Treat them like, treat it like evangelism. Hey, man, I just got to pray for one. I got to love them. I got to invest in them. I got to invite them, and I got to just believe that God's going to do that work. So, anyway, that's a long way to say love them, man. Love, love them throughout. I, we watch parents do that all the time, um, and so the, the ones that come out strong on the other side of that, they're loving them the best. All right, question number whatever. What is your favorite worship song? Yeah, I don't know if I... I, I love... Um, so uh, All Creatures is a great one um, for me. Um, uh, what's the word? This is my father's world. You remember the old hymn, This is my father's world? If, you, if you've been follow, following Jesus for any length of time, you might have bumped into that hymn. That's probably my favorite, uh, my favorite hymn. Um, and then, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure about a favorite song, uh, worship song right now, but I, that's the one I would say is a, is a worship song for me. I, I, I uh, sing that often, claiming the, the creation is, is God's, and I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sing it. No, I'm not going to do it. All right, what's next? Um, how do you pick your sermon series? Um, so there are different times of this calendar um, where certain topics work, some don't, um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm gauging that. Two, I'm also I'm always asking what church, what, what questions are you answering right now? Uh, I think church a lot of the times becomes a place that they're answering questions that no one's asking. Um, a lot of times you can come to church, and a lot of times, you know, whether or not we should come is because, well, you're not talking about anything that matters to my life right now. We got people trying to figure out how to go grocery shopping, drop their kids off all at the same time, right? All within the same 45-minute window. And if you can do that, you're a genius, right? Like, I'm going to drop you off at soccer practice, go do grocery shopping for the next three and a half weeks, and then come back, and everything's going to be fine. And, and churches aren't talking about how uh, doctrine and how the scriptures and how Jesus is uh, really the best, following Jesus is the best way to live life. No one's talking about how that actually matters. And so what I, try to, I try to always be asking those questions uh, with, with that in mind. Um, and so but when I'm, as we're engaging that, um, and then also through prayer. Man, I, I'll be praying and I'll be reading and do my own study and just feel like there's something that the Lord is constantly, like I, I first ask, is it for me? Because I don't want to preach something, I just don't want to preach for me. Um, but then I'll ask, uh, you know, is, uh, is maybe this something, something for the church, I think, is in this. And, and so the Overwhelm series was one of those. I felt like, man, I just felt like a lot of people were asking me questions about anxiety or just hearing people struggling with that and, and uh, how everyone just feels tired all the time, like, like just an overwhelmed. Or I was hearing people say, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm alive, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, that's a low goal. That's great. You breathe. You breathe. 
That's awesome. Um, you know, your, your brain worked. Awesome, that's good. Uh, but I just hearing that and just felt like the Lord was, was uh, laying that on our hearts to, to teach through that. But then sometimes, man, we just uh, say, hey, uh, this is a great question that people have been asking a lot and uh, engage in it that way. So that's why you'll hear me ask, hey, if you're asking questions, send them in uh, because I'm often using them to, uh, uh, to guide where we're at and where we're going. If you're, if, you are asking, if you're all asking the same question, I try to uh, ask similar questions. So, good. Um, what would be sent to read the Quran? Um, in order to better understand wars of yesterday and today. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I guess, it's not a sin to read the Quran. I think it's, a, uh, I think it's good to know, uh, it, to have some, some cross uh, understanding of faith, um, spe- specifically the Muslim faith. Um, I, if you know people who are Muslim, they're some of the most genuine people in the world. Um, the, the ones that are practicing well. Uh, there are some sects of it, obviously, in the Middle East that are causing a lot, of, uh, a lot of issues. But just like you would, when you look at Christianity, I don't, gosh, I don't, don't put this on YouTube. <laughs> when you look at Christianity, Christianity had some crazy background, didn't it? Right? Like stuff that we're not proud of. And I, I would say if you talk to people in the Muslim faith, they probably would say the same thing. Um, but don't count, like, that. I'm not a, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not a Muslim, so I don't know. Uh, but I would say, I'd say probably some of that is in there. Um, to understand wars and understand, you know, all, all that stuff going on, yeah, do, do as much research as you can. It's not a sin to read it. I would say it's, it's probably weird if you're using it for spiritual guidance. I don't know if you ever slip into that and you start to use it for meditative purposes and prayer. Then I would say now you're, now you're in a completely different ball field. But if you're reading it for, just for information, uh, yeah, go for it, man. I just read as much as you can. Because take a comparative religions course. They're a lot of times they're free online. You can just go, just go take one, and understand why, uh, you know, what they believe, why they think, um, uh, why they think the way they do, and why they're doing some of the things that they're doing, and, and praying, and 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 moving, and um, and and all that. It's really good to uh, to know. But take a course. Learn as much as you can. Always. Um, you can only be a better believer, uh, follower of Jesus, if you know. Uh, about other way, the ways other people express their faith. Next, are we having fun? Are we doing all right? All right, good. I am a 20-something-year-old living with my parents. Is there a great way to be independent and more ready for my life and learn how to live more, but still under their roof? I would say figure out a way to get out of their roof. Um, um, yeah, yeah uh, I would say there, there's... When you start to stay home, um, as long as, you know, when you start to get into your 20s, mid-20s, late 20s specifically, you're, you're doing some pretty, your parents are always going to be your parents, right? Like, they're just never going to stop being their parent, your parent. They just parent you differently if, as, you go, as you grow up. And so when you're under their roof, they're going to they're gonna parent, right? And what you're doing some pretty major um, cross barriers uh, between between, if you're 23, 25, you're starting to move into uh, becoming a, uh, you know, you're, you're an adult, you, you are. And, but you're crossing the, you're crossing the this age stages pretty hard. And so I would say, I would say just find a way, whether that is, all right, I, if you need to get educated or you need to start getting trained, you gotta start to take the steps to become a full adult. And that means 
taking care of yourself, taking care of other people, um, finding a job that can support you, and not using the you know using that money, to kind of make it. You're using your parents' income to really be a part of your income at that point. And I, again, I'm just kind of speaking in general. I don't know where you're at, but I would say there's, you're crossing some of those age stages pretty hard. And your parent is always going to be your parent. And so I'd say your first step is to really find a way to start to become more independent and live out on your own. Um, uh, get trained so that you can have a job that supports that, loves that, and, uh, and start to, start to uh, maneuver through that. Um, because your parent will always be your parent. And we can't get mad at parents for that. Um, we can't get mad at parents for that. They're going to parent you. They're going to worry about you. They're going to want to do certain things to take care of you. They're going to do all that sort of thing. So when you're getting home at 1 in the morning and you're sleeping in your high school bed, right, there's just none of that worries going away for them. Um, and so it's, uh, it, can be, it can be tough uh, to do that. So I would say begin taking steps to live out uh, by yourself and get independent. Uh, I, think you'll, I think you'll grow um, much more than any, any way else to do that. Next question. That was a good one. Uh, what do I tell my niece who wants to go see a medium? Oh, that's a good question. That's a struggle on that. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I, again, they're probably, they're try, I, I think here's, here's a positive and a negative. The positive is they want to hear from someone, uh, from something bigger than them, right? So we can always find a positive in that. But the problem is they're going to a medium, right? And sometimes when we struggle with, with, with the idea of God or the person of God, we're going to go to see someone that, that might give us access uh, to the other world or the other life through some way. Here's a few things. Um, you're in a comparative religion conversation, meaning this. Our scriptures teach that we have direct access to God, right? We don't need someone else. We have someone, other people that pastor us in those ways, other people that help us grow in those ways, but we have direct access to God, Right? Isn't it cooler to talk to a God that's always there and you have access to um, by yourself rather than having to go to somebody? Um, two, I would, I would, I would, so I would have a comparative religions conversation where I would begin to tease out what in the world they're looking for and, and, and thinking out because there's gold in why they're going, right? Don't get so mad about the fact that they want to go. Find out why and then see if you can answer those questions from the scriptures. Does that make sense? Are we tra tracking on that? Like, you, again, don't, don't get so angry or don't get so caught up like, oh, no, don't do that because that's not the way you would do it. Again, that's, they're another person. But try to figure out why because there's gold in that. There's something in that that is going to help people uh, grow in that. So I don't know if that's super helpful. I just, I'm always going to try to dig a little bit more. But, oh, that's interesting. Why do you want to do that? Versus, no, don't do that, right? Um, you're you're going to not get a lot of friends by saying, you know, don't, no, don't do that. Um, but you always want to find out why. I think if you can apply the, the, the gospel to those areas and, and see how Jesus answers those, it's probably pretty good. All right, la I think this is, we've got to have one more here or else they're going to start getting angry. Are we, are we ready for Family Fun Day? You guys all going to get in the dunk tank today, right? No? Okay, just fine. How do you rationalize God's love for us versus things like cancer and natural disasters that are behind, beyond human sin? Okay, so you have a, uh, uh, you have a, sin, a, a theological question. Um, your, your theology of sin doesn't cover, it stops at people, um, and that's incorrect. That's, not, that's inaccurate. Sin 
is not transactional. This is, I would say, I, I, one day if I ever write a book, this, this will be a part of it. Sin is not just transactional. Sin is systemic. When, when sin entered into the world, it broke everything. Right? God, God didn't dream of a place where hurricanes wiped off uh, or typhoons came and just, like, just wiped off beaches and people all along the same. No, sin broke everything. And so God's love for us is you gotta, you gotta understand that God's empathy exists regardless of any of that. His love for us exists regardless of any of that. So your sin, uh, your theology of sin needs to cover the idea that everything's broken, not just people. Okay, everything's broken, not just people. And so if, if sin is starting to, if we have that understanding of sin, that sin broke everything, then we have a, we, there's only one way for it to be fixed, and it's through the dealing of, with sin. Now, you, you constantly have these issues, right? The, the Bible says that we live in a world, uh, that, that God's going to come back and restore everything to perfect rights. He's going to come back and restore everything to the way that he originally intended it. But it's like right now, we see through a glass dimly, right? So when he resurrected, he inaugurated a kingdom where we begin to experience the things of heaven but it's not fully inaugurated. It's not fully in place. And so we are stuck in the tension between God's resurrection and, and God's return. We're stuck in that tension. And so we're always gonna be living life kind of with a glass dimly lit or, or, or a kind of a fuzzy mirror, understanding the idea that we're gonna interact with the effects of sin. And, and because God has a way to interact with it. He's going to create everything, recreate everything back to the way he originally uh, intended it to be. We can see a God that's loving us regardless. He's, he's, he's not saying, man, I'm so glad I sent that hurricane. I, again, I think that God judged the world and he provided the answer for that in Jesus. And so he's not sitting there sending us tornadoes, sending us, it's a very American way to think. Uh, it's a v- American theology will pull us there, and that's not, it's, it's, it, theology has to be true for everyone in the world, not just Western Americans, okay? Um, and so he's sitting there saying, man, I just, this is not the world I intended it to be, um, but, but we do know that one day God's going to fully restore, and that's the Christian hope. That's the Christian hope. We're stuck in this tension. We know that God's coming back, and he's going to make everything right, and so we live and we cling to that hope. Is that, are we tracking on that? That was heavy. Let's do one more light one because that was heavy. Do we have any light? Any light? Not a movie one or something like that. What's one more? I know. I'm sorry. I caught you off guard. Uh, what's this? Someone have a joke? No, I'm just kidding. Don't do. That. Uh, what does the normal work week look like for you? Uh, that's a, a light. That's a, that'll balance out the tension in the room, right? That's, this, is a good one, this is a good one to interact with. What is a normal work week? Uh, Sunday, I'm here, right? Obviously, I'm not a hologram or a video. Um, Sunday, I'm here. Monday is sermon research day. Uh, so every Monday for like eight, ten hours sometimes, I'm, I'm either writing a sermon or I'm researching something or I'm preparing a sermon series. Um, Tuesday is staff day, so I'm hanging out with the staff. Uh, Wednesday is typically a connection day, so I'm trying to meet other pastors or meet people in the church or uh, doing a lot of, of one-on-ones. Thursdays are elder 
meetings, uh, elder work. I try to kind of focus my Thursdays on that type of work and uh, also work on some of the Global Leadership Summit stuff uh, as we begin to connect with other companies and prepare for that. Um, but uh, uh, elders, uh, the elders work, uh, I try to interact with that. If I have a project, obviously that goes to the side. If I'm working on a specific project and we're trying to do something, get something ready um, for whatever, uh, if I'm writing a lot, I'll you know, spend the whole week on that. But, but that's typically how it works. Monday's research, Tuesday staff, Wednesday connect, Thursday uh, elders and GLS, and that typically gets me through the week. All right. How do you guys feel? Good? All right. Well, hey, I want to encourage you real fast as we close up today. Um, the Lord uh, is near no matter what you're going through. And uh, I, what I love about it is the book of Psalms uh, has a verse where it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Um, and many times throughout the throughout the book of Psalms, actually, it talks about this God um, that's close, whether you're really angry or really joyful. Have you had those moments? Have you had those moments? This is something that I've been thinking about a lot more. Do you believe that God is as close to you in your joy as he is, as you, as he is when you're just bent out of shape? A lot of times we see a God that's just close in joy. But we need a view of God that's strong enough to not only sustain us in the high times, but sustain us through suffering. And you all have stories. And right now your marriage has a story. Right now your family has a story. Right now your job has a story. Right now your finances have a story. Right now you have a story. And the, the book of Psalms says he's close now. We, we have a, a, literally the entire book is about a God that he just can't stay in heaven. He's like, I just got to come down, always. We have a God that he creates the world, he comes down. He creates the world and he comes down. He's like, I just got to create this thing. I have so much love in me. I just got to pour out into creation. And then when sin breaks, sin breaks everything, he says, you know what, I can't stay here. I gotta, go, I gotta go be with them. And he walks with us and talks with us. Philippians 2 says he didn't count equality with God something to be grasped. He wants to be with you always. And then when he returns, what is his promise? I'm gonna come back. And at the end of the story, we have a, a God that says, all right, I'm coming. And then you better get ready. You better get ready because the entire thing is going to get turned up on its head. That is a God. I don't know what you see today. I don't know what you're feeling today. I don't know where you're at. That's a God that's always going to be there no matter what. Whether you're experiencing the season of, of life or you're experiencing a season of death, anywhere in between. Whether you're bored out of your mind right now or man, you're just angry at something, you have a God that's close and you can always take a step. You can work to heal, you can, your marriage can get better, your finances can turn around.
because he's there, he's close. He's walking one step at a time with you. I just want to encourage you in that today.